Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. What's up, everybody? It is Friday, you all. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes, I'm going to say, because I love this company we have today. We have the founders of Truff, um, the Knicks. They are both named Nick. It's not like one person that I'm just calling the Knicks. Like, that's both of their names. (laughs) But you all, they're so cool. And if you're not familiar with Truff, they do everything from hot sauces to salts to cooking oils all the above and they've collabed with amazing people like their mario kart one was amazing hidden valley just all the above and they have really cool merch also so definitely want to check that out after during before this episode they're so cool um yeah you guys we're breaking down their social strategy how the company came to be because hello it's iconic and then number two we're talking about like what's next because it seems like every time i look up on my feed or anywhere they're everywhere so get ready to be inspired so if you like sauce if you like food if you just want to hang out and get ready for friday this is episode for you so sit back relax and let's get into it nick and nick welcome everybody i'm not just saying one person's name twice like their both names are nick (laughs) (laughs) what's happening what up glad to have you guys um before we get into all the cool stuff that you guys are up to we always start off with the question of what the term young influential means to you you said this is easy he said this is like there's uh, no right or wrong answer (laughs) go ahead nick I think to me, young influential is someone or something that is actually out there doing something that's innovative, unique, um, you know, building a business, doing something cool, creating content. They're not just, you know, behind a, a keyboard or behind a social media handle talking about doing something, but they actually are putting in the work and trying to build something aspirational. I agree with that. I think it's also someone who doesn't see age like 
your twenties is a time to figure it out. Like, just like, no, just get into it. Like you can start when you're 18, you can start when you're 14, you can start when you're 22. I don't think you need to wait till you're, you know, in your mid or late thirties to like do that thing, just whatever it is, just like hit it hard as soon as you want to. And, you know, if you look back after a decade, you may be a young influential. Come on. I agree with that. Like, I feel like there's no such thing as failure. It's lesson. So if something doesn't go, it's plain you just learn from it and you just pivot. And it's not based off of like an age. Like there's people now who are like 15, 16, 20s, like who are starting like multi-million dollar businesses. So it can be at any start. So I always tell people, I'm like, there's no like right or wrong age to start something. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Um, but now let's go, let's take our rewind back to childhood, Nick and Nick. So were you guys like influenced by marketing? Were you guys big foodies? Like kind of how did marketing food, all that, like kind of play into like your childhoods? Go ahead, I think business played into my childhood. I kind of grew up in an entrepreneurial household and, you know, I was working at a very young age, just like chores in the backyard on a signed contract, like with my my dad um and just always like you know looking at things and thinking oh how could they be better or you know what could be done differently here for a better experience and then i think as we got older and made our way into college um uh we we really like you know fell into i don't want to say the social media world but um kind of like consumer products in a way and that was i guess the way we expressed our love for business early on. And I think we just continued down that path. Okay. Come on. Now, did you guys like study business? Like when it came to school or like, how did that all, how did you guys kind of learn the foundations of like business and doing stuff? We both were technically in business school. Uh, I didn't make it through business school because I couldn't pass business calculus. They thought that I'd, didn't know anything about business because I don't know business calculus and to this day haven't used one thing from that class. <laughs> uh, Nick A was in like the business honors program, kind of had a similar instance. But I think for us, it was not so focused on like going to school to study business, but creating businesses and being around people that were also creating businesses. And I think that's where Nick and I really uh, hit things off because both of us were already working on things throughout college while everyone around us was just kind of doing other things. And I feel like that's also the key thing too, but go ahead, Nick, go ahead. The one thing I feel like we did in college that actually we learned a lot about business was we both entered our school's business plan contest. Um, Nick did it the year before me. I didn't even know it existed, but Nick had entered, what was it? Your sophomore year, junior year? Yes. I think my end of my sophomore year. Yeah. And so Nick's a couple of years older than, than me. So he had told me about it. So I was like, well, I'm going to, so I had entered the following year and we both had our own little things we had already been working on. And I think that was a very, I'd say helpful exercise because it was a pretty, pretty good contest. And the kind of the prompt and the, the intensity of like the things that you were kind of forced to think through um, was, I think it really, I think I learned a lot there. I, you know, that was really the only thing, you know, class aside, everything else I'd say was self-taught that Nick and I were just pursuing like, you know, different marketing books on our own and different podcasts and different studying different brands and, you know, trying and failing and studying social media. So I think, you know, 
largely you could say we were self-taught marketers and, and, and founders, but um, you know, there are some, there's some gems throughout, you know, the college experience, but it was there few and far between. But I feel like it's like through those experiences where you're, like you both said, you were doing your own things where you really do get that experience. Cause like marketing and business is ever evolving. So I feel like if you're just sticking by the textbook and just doing what's there, like you're kind of behind, like you kind of have to get that, get your hands to it and kind of get that experience on your own than just reading a book or like just going to class and not doing it. Like, I feel like that's one thing that I feel like I had an advantage on. Like I struggled, like I was working and like doing school at the same time and like craziness looking back at it now. But I feel like it's those students who are like doing actual projects, doing like participating in like contests like you mentioned that are like really getting that leap ahead versus the ones that are just like oh I'll just you know just study and figure out like I'll get an internship or whatever like after I graduate it's like you're kind of like four years behind at that point (laughs) totally totally yeah I agree and like kind of like fast forwarding was there like an area or a time where you guys where you guys got the conception for like Treff like fast forwarding like how did that idea come about? Was it like at a project you're working on or like, how did that come about? So we both had a couple of different business ventures, projects. Nick mentioned we were both in the business plan contest. And I think throughout college, we were always working on different things, starting different things. At this time, Instagram and social media was really becoming a thing. We were seeing the value of what it meant to build a community and to create a product and, being able to sell it on the internet through, you know, e-com, this whole direct-to-consumer wave um, was really picking up steam. And one of the things that we really got into was like social media, Instagram specifically, and we started to scoop up these handles on Instagram, kind of back in like the domain name days where people were getting like the one word dot coms. <laughs> and we got the word sauce on Instagram. So before Truff was even Truff, it was just an Instagram named sauce and Nick and I kind of curated this awesome feed of photos and visuals that we thought were cool, that we thought were saucy. Um, so <laughs> think of like, you know, rappers and beautiful women with food and cars and food porn and just like a really cool foodie pop culture curation of content. And, you know, over the course of the, many months the account started to grow people started to follow it some celebrities started to follow it it got to a point where like hey come on this is a cool instagram account but let's kind of take this a step further and use this as like a platform where a brand would live so we thought of okay like the handle sauce let's create a sauce and kind of use it to sell through this platform that we were building so then we looked at like barbecue sauces, the salad dressings, the hot sauces. And, you know, hot sauce was very relevant in pop culture. Beyonce was talking about having hot sauce in her bag. (laughs) Hoi Fong, Sriracha was like, you know, entering pop culture. They were always been in pop culture, but now it's like with this whole phenomenon of social media, there was a lot more eyeballs on on hot sauce. So we decided, hey, okay, let's let's kind of take a a deeper look into the hot sauce market. This is really interesting. And that's where we saw no top shelf hot sauce brand that existed. No one was doing like the Ciroc of hot sauce. (laughs) There wasn't any digitally native direct to consumer hot sauce brand. 
And a lot of these brands were, you know, still run by legacy, you know, big companies and they didn't really understand social media and digital marketing, et cetera. So then that's when we were like, Hey, let's create like the first top shelf luxury hot sauce brand and let's go on on social media out of the gate. That's so cool to even just like have that idea to like, kind of like do that. Like you said, like kind of like jump in and be like, Oh, we're building this platform. So I feel like in those early days, all of us were kind of just figuring it out and just like doing stuff. We didn't really know what was sticking or like how to really like monetize or like really utilize our community. So the fact that you guys were like, Oh, let's like actually create a sauce and like, okay, there's like nobody in this luxury space. Like that's it. That's ingenious, honestly. Cause there's like no rule book. <laughs> yeah. We just like, we didn't know anything about hot sauce. And I think that kind of was an advantage um, you know, the naivete of not knowing anything about a category, you just do it in a very unconventional way. And in those early days, was it hard trying to like balance maintaining your social media as like kind of like production and stuff for the sauces took off? Because I feel like that's something a lot of brands now struggle with. Where like, how do we tell our story about this product in a way that like kind of ties into our social media? And as we're growing, like, how do we make it sound authentic to where we started from, where it doesn't sound too salesy to people. I feel like that's always the struggle to like balance it. Like how did we, how did we uh, transition from the first at sauce to the brand or? Yeah. Like, and then like how to like keep like promote that item and then, but then also like so said, keeping the fun we, of it. So we took, once we realized we were going to, you know, go all in on an actual product, a sauce product, we kind of like slowed the account down. We weren't posting four times a day anymore. And like, we kind of like, uh, went away. I, you can basically say we went dark for probably close to a year. Um, and we, then we went all in on, um, I think we would keep it warm a little bit every few weeks just to make sure, Hey everyone. But after a while we just stopped and then we slowly deleted or archived everything. And then we went the other way. So we like posted this like cryptic video of us stirring a, uh, a, like a, a kettle of like sauce on like our stove um, and so, and then ever since we launched, there was, it has only been a brand account. Um, there was never a time where we like kind of went back to the saucy stuff. It was all things truck related and, and you know, truck, truck stuff. But there was definitely, we were scared at first. Like, Hey, like we have this audience, like they're expecting X. We're going to just like, look over here, look over here. All right. Now we're a brand. Like, <laughs> we definitely had that moment of what's going to happen. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. And I feel like when you guys were like kind of fast forward, like when you guys were thinking about like expanding into other realms, did you guys like tap back into your social media community? Like, hey guys, like what are some other like food products that you guys would like us to see? Like when you, like how you guys expanded into like oils and stuff like that? Did you guys like do polls and stuff on there? Did you guys kind of just go based off of like what you were seeing in the market? We were like, hey, like I think we need to like now do these type of products or like, or was it like a mix? I'd say it was a mix of customers saying, Hey, you should make a pasta sauce or you should make a, you know, oil, but also seeing which categories made sense for us categories that we could still innovate and create very good, high quality products in, um, without getting too far wide. Like, you know, we could have easily dropped like a truffle snack or a potato chip (laughs) or something, but for us, like it didn't, it wasn't, Anything outside of like our core focus wasn't anything that we really wanted to get into in these early years. That makes sense. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times like people are like, okay, like customers are asking for this and then they're like, the customers are like, oh, we want this, we want this. And then like the companies will drop like a random product that like nobody asked for. And you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. And then like your consumers are like, do they even care? Are they even listening to us? Like we're here telling them like what we want to buy. And they're over here dropping uh, like waste baskets when we're asking for like soft products. Like, are they listening? <laughs> our, our initial plan was not to do anything outside of hot sauce. Um, like just one hot, like kind of how Cholula did and kind of how Red Bull did like one, one product category, you know, skew for a really long time. But I think as we grew, we learned that, you know, we were really doing something special and it would you know, be naive to not um, lean into, you know, what's right in front of us and what people are saying and what people want and, you know, where we can take kind of some of these other categories in our, in our way. So um, the plan wasn't to, and if you, I mean, you might seem like we have a lot of items, but we really don't. We're only in four categories and you know, we're a five-year-old business and we launched three of those categories, three of the four, you know, within an eight, eight month period starting at the end of 2020. And it was just coincidence that that was the the cadence of the rollout. Um, but we're only in things that we think are thoughtful, that are data driven, and you know that are categories that we can make exceptional products. And we would have no problem going you know five years without launching something new. It's just you know we kind of ebb and flow with what the market wants and needs. And I feel like that's smart because I feel like a lot of times brands are like, oh, it's the holidays, like we got to drop a new product and they're just like dropping stuff in it. And then that's when I feel like it starts to lose its quality. And then like your loyal customers are like, Oh, they're just putting stuff out to put stuff out. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather you guys like wait and hold off and do something that's actually like quality, like your other stuff than just feel like you have to appease us to whatever. People usually do that. People usually get super wide because they're compensating elsewhere. Right. They're having, you know, their core is not performing as well as it should, or they feel like they want to be bigger, quicker, or, like 
it never really makes sense for a brand that's kind of carving out their own white space to be in a bunch of different categories. Like that just inherently those two don't make sense. Cause if you're doing something special that people are going to want, they're not going to want everything special. They want something specific. And so mm-hmm. when you see brands, I'm not going to name any, but you kind of just like look at CPG in the food space. Um, you'll notice certain brands or a lot of brands have a lot of different things and people are like, well, what are they, what are they actually selling? And, uh, and like, what's their goal? And like, what do they believe in? And it's hard to tell because of how many different things they have. Um, and we don't want to be, you know, everything for everyone. We just want to do what we do best and people who love it will love it. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the best message. Cause like a lot of, when you said that, I was thinking of some where they're like a jelly brain. Now they're making like bath soaps and like other things. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you, <laughs> it's like, aren't you like, aren't you totally, making like yeah, stuff what? for our toast? Now you're doing soaps. Like I didn't ask right. for this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and like what, what else I love about you guys is like, like you said earlier, Nick, like the, like the Ciroc of the, of the hot sauce or like your guys' packaging is just so well done. And I feel like it's something that you can like easily look at and be like, okay, like that's them. Like, was there, an, whenever you guys conceptualized and kind of moved into like doing like actual products, like commerce things, like I guess have the spatula and other stuff, like, was there an idea of things that, like you said earlier, like stuff that you thought people would need, like the hoodies are dope and like other, th- like, was there like something main that you're like, okay, like, this makes most sense for us to do these types of products instead of like the typical merch type stuff that people do. I think we've always tried to do things that aren't typical. And I think like you nailed it around the head from the beginning. It's like, what are two guys that know nothing about hot sauce? How are they going to figure out how to make a custom bottle engraved trough in the bottom of the glass and do a custom lid? Like it makes no sense. And I think for us, it's like, we could have done the predictable thing of just getting, you know, an off the shelf woozy bottle with the cap. We could have just came out of the gate and made a bunch of, you know, merch and hats and tried to like do everything that a typical, you know, startup brand would do. I think for us, it was always like trying to do things that weren't expected and be very thoughtful with the way we look at, you know, product innovation and how, consumers feel when they're using our products no yeah because like when i when i look at it i'm like i'm like okay dang like this they didn't just like put this together there for like pretty decoration like this is actually here for the purpose like it matches like with the vibe it's not like you said like just thrown together which i feel like a lot of times whenever brands are like oh people want our cow on something let's put it on overalls let's put on (laughs) iphone case oh people got airpods (laughs) and it's like okay cool thank you i'm gonna have a cow on my airpods but like that doesn't really make sense with like what your brand is really doing so i feel like like what you just said it's key to keep that in mind yeah i think a lot of people they get they get all dressed up and it's like you've heard the saying like all dressed up with nowhere to go (laughs) like they have all the merch they have the banners they got you know the wrap on their car and it's like okay like what are the sales of your core skew? Like are you focused on building the business? You focused on getting this in the hands of many people? Or are you like, you know, trying to start a softball league with your band? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, but what's also cool that I feel like you guys have done is like, I feel like whenever you guys do product announcements or do stuff that you guys do a good job of like fitting it into social organically, like, uh, one of your guys' recent launches with um, 
uh, with the ranch. Like I thought it was, it didn't feel like it was like being like pushed at us, like typical, like, Oh, we have a new product out, like get it, get it. But it felt very in tune with like with your audience. It was like very fun, very bright, very like presentation wise. Is there like a key strategy that you guys do like try to keep in mind to whenever you guys are doing product stuff or doing content posts to kind of make it feel fluid like that over time and where it kind of fits with your audience where they don't feel like it's being, they're being like marketed to, but like true enjoyable content. Yeah. Um, just to make sure we're commenting properly. Do you, are you asking about the fluidity of like our collabs? Well, like the fluidity of the class and then like whenever you're like rolling out like the social strategy for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So collabs are something we never force partnerships. We never force them. You know, we don't do them just for the sake of doing them. We kind of, stay largely away from them in the first place unless we feel it's we'd rather do one every five years than five a year like just and do the right one um i think we felt strongly about both the hidden valley and the taco bell in that sense we we thought both of those were almost like dream partnerships and you know we weren't going to pass either up um but you know and, and they can speak more on the social stuff but we definitely um we, one of our themes has always been like cryptic launches. So like little hints leading up, <laughs> teasing up to a launch. Um, we definitely like to release content in a way that kind of shows it. And then we finally show it. And then, um, you know, we follow that launch up with some pretty cool different pieces, depending on what the partnership is, things that we create. Um, but the goal is for sure to it to be like part of the experience is like, how we communicate the partnership and the content we put out around it is like part of that the experience of it. I think, you know, recently our talk about when we had these cool animations that were like, um, you have to watch them. I'm sure you've seen them, but mm-hmm. they're just like, it's part of it. It's part of the experience. No, it's always so cool. Cause yeah, I love how you guys do your roles. Cause you guys will just like, do like a shadow. I'm like, what is that? I see the color green. Like, what's going on? Like, are they teaming up with the Hulk? Like, what, what are they doing? <laughs> like, it's always done. And I just like a lot of times whenever brands like try to do like uh, their strategy for like collabs or stuff, it's done not in a way that like feels authentic to like the rest of their social media. It's like cool content, UGC, like people using the product, random like promo for it. Like, I feel like the way you guys do it is in such a way that it's fluid where you can look at any post and it could be like the reveal post in like once where people are like creating recipes with the sauces, but it just like fits so cohesively, which I feel like a lot of brands like struggle with whenever it comes to social. Yeah. I think like for us, even in the early days of sauce, like our content was always like value first, value driven. Let's stimulate eyeballs. Let's give people, you know, cool stuff to look at. Our captions are always very like, you know, witty and true to Nick and I's voice. It's never like, corporate or like promotional or buy our stuff. And I think with the way we roll out products, it's like, Hey, we're not telling you to buy our stuff. We're, we're showing you and we're easing you into this new thing that we're rolling out. Come be a part of it. And, you know, people gravitate towards that. And they can feel like the organic, um, well, like thought out way that we're revealing something to the world versus just, Hey, we just dropped a truffle ketchup, go to truff.com and buy it. It's like, that's never our bit ever. Yeah, I feel like if you're if when I feel like when you do it like that, people are like, okay, like you guys are clearly just trying to sell to us, and you're clearly losing your je ne sais quoi. Some might say like, what's going on here? And I feel like you said like you guys always do in the caption and stuff, and you're 
day-to-day voice versus like the corporate lingo also creates that um, sense of uniform across the content where people would be like, nope, like, okay, like they know how to talk to us. Like they're talking with us, not at us, which is, I uh, feel like a lot of brands like struggle with with social. They're like, how do we like make people feel a part of it? But also like, we got to talk about our stuff too, but you guys do it in such a way where, like you said, like it's true to your guys's voice, which it can be difficult for a lot of people. Absolutely. And like now out of curiosity, is there anybody or brand or like product that you guys would like love to dream collab with? Like, I'm just curious now. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot out there. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the nostalgic brands that Nick and I grew up either consuming or being around are all like, it would be amazing collabs. We probably shouldn't name names, but there's some cool there's some cool ones that could may or may not come to life. Um, but to Nick's point, nostalgia. I think nostalgia continues to be in. Um, and for us, like dream, dream collabs exist for sure. Um, but again, like both sides can't be forcing anything. Oh, hold on. Um, both sides can't be forcing it. It's gotta be so natural and so like cohesive and like, it has to make so much sense that like it, it, it comes, it plays out when it's, when the time is right. I feel like. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it can't be like, I don't know. You can't be like a, like an, a non-dairy brand, like Tammy with like a huge dairy farm like that. That might not make sense. Like, people, be like, oh, people be like, why are you guys That'd like what? <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> that makes no that makes no sense. Like you guys are clearly doing it for the check. <laughs> 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 um, and then for my last question to kind of just like wrap it up. For those who are listening, they're like, cool, like love this for you guys. Like, but my brand, we're trying to figure out like what products we need to focus on, but we also want to like keep up with everybody else. Like, I know we talked about it earlier, kind of like how you guys like honed in on the products that you guys wanted to do and not trying to like do every other category of like, what advice do you have for a brand to anybody who's listening? That's like, cool. Like our brand, like we're trying to like figure out our niche, but we don't know like how to kind of like focus on this one thing. Like what advice do you have for them? I would say like a lot of people spend a lot of their time not staying in their lane and looking around and seeing who they need to like keep up with. But I think a lot of times it's a distraction and it takes energy and time away from building the core of their business, whatever the business is. Um, They see like, you know, another brand launch something and they're like, Oh shoot, we need to drop something. But in reality, it's like, it's really hard to compare apples to apples. And a lot of people I think spend too much time, looking at their competition or other brands that they might take inspiration from, and they don't focus on the brand that they're building in front of them. No, I agree. Also, if they don't know, they shouldn't have launched if they don't know what product that they should (laughs) sell. Like it's pretty, it's like they're pretty closely tied. Like the reason you would create a brand and a business in the first place is because there's a clear, you know, opportunity to create something in a certain space or category that, no one else is doing and do that in a way that no one else is doing it. And if that, they aren't doing that then they shouldn't have started the business in, you know, it's more often than not uh, that exists where there's not really a clear understanding of what people are doing in the first place. They just love trail mix or they love 
X and they want to make one. And that's all the thinking that went into building their brand versus like, what's the viability of it? How are the margins? What's the path, the profitability? Like where would they sell it at what price point? Like the basics are the basic box are rarely checked. We've, we've found, you know, over the years. Yeah. Like if you're a, a marinara sauce brand, like there's no need for you to be trying to launch a skincare line like three months in, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing? <laughs> Nobody wants to, their face to smell like marinara. I mean, some people do that. That's their thing, but like, you need to yeah, focus the more, on more. The, more <laughs> the more important question is, you know, why, what's their edge on being a marinara brand in the first place? Like, there's a bunch of marinara brands. Like, why did they go into that category? What are they bringing to it that would make it viable for them in the first place before the skincare? Like, Come even being on. a marinara, that, that requires thought, you know? Come on. All you marinara brands, like, you heard it from Nick here. Like, what makes, <laughs> your, <laughs> what makes your marinara sauce the best? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but thank you guys both for joining us today and giving us this great story business advice all the above we appreciate it thank you so much for having us really appreciate it wow how great was this episode if you were like me you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments so if you do feel free to add us at adweek across twitter instagram all the social medias and we'd love to hear from you all and feel free to give us a rating on apple Podcasts. that always helps us and we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode so bye everybody thank you for listening to young influentials part of the adweek podcast network and acast creator network this podcast was produced by al manorino executive produced by chris aarons and edited by lane mcgibney at bountwell studios you can listen and subscribe to all adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.